what's going to make the difference to us is how we bring on those new hotels in the future at very, very stroke net zero carbon. So for me, that, that is the game changer for the industry. Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast. I am Alberto Ligi, your host from London. And as our regular listeners know, the purpose of the podcast is to inspire you to be more philanthropic, to act sustainably and to embrace social entrepreneurship. And please do subscribe to the podcast and share with others. It makes a big difference for us. Today, it's a really great pleasure to welcome on board Catherine Dalton, who is the Vice President of Global Corporate Responsibility at IHG. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's Intercontinental Hotels Group, and they have Intercontinental Hotels, Crown Plaza, Holiday Inn, and we're going to talk about sustainability. We're going to talk about how a hotel group that has about 850,000 rooms globally in about 100 countries with 400,000 team members, how do they handle sustainability? Where does the waste come from? How do they handle that? How do they engage with the community? And so that's a really big topic. And Catherine, welcome on board. Hi, Alberto. Really great to be here. Thank you. Uh, well, it's a pleasure. So let's just start by telling us a little bit about IHG Hotels. What's um, what's the group all about? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I think sort of the, the really great thing about IHG is how we, we really are truly global. So as you said, we have 5,800 hotels, 16 brands across 100 countries. So um, the US is by far and away our biggest market, followed by greater China. Okay. So we really are incredibly diverse. And I think also of, of particular importance as we think about our sustainability efforts is, is our, our business model. Mm-hmm. So we are predominantly franchise. So more than three quarters of our hotels are are run by by third parties, and the vast majority of the rest uh, we run them, but um, they're owned by a third party who's responsible for all the investment. So what that means is anything we do, we have to work very very closely with our owners. It's all about influence, persuasion, business cases, um, and and just doing what makes really good business sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at our DNA. It's it's driving value for for our owners. Um, it's it's building truly compelling brands and and great revenue delivery systems. Now the interesting thing with you is that actually. You haven't always been in sustainability and haven't always been looking at the philanthropic angle, but actually you came from EY a long time ago, and then you were heading up investor relations at the at the group, and now you're handling this. So the notion of aligning the sustainability with the business objectives, if nothing else, the fact that you're the person doing it speaks loudly. Absolutely. You know, as, as I said, well, I've been at IHG for It'll be 18 years at the end of this week, which, you know, it's it's flown by, um, makes me seem much older than I actually am, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as you say, so I've, I've been in my current role, um, heading up corporate responsibility for coming up for a year now. Okay. Um, and my career before that was in finance. So, as you say, I was at EY, qualified as an accountant, then actually started on secondment at IHG back in the old Bath days when mm-hmm. we were the brewing company. Um, in internal audit, but actually on the hotel side. So my career very much started sort of in hotels, looking at operational risk. I loved it, loved the industry, so stayed and then made a career change um, about eight years in into investor relations. Um, So I led that. I I was in the IR team for 10 years, 
um, the last seven leading all of the external comms and engagement with our institutional investors, the city, the streets, so really kind of thinking strategically how to talk about the business and and communicate what we do. Mm. So yeah, so that kind of really solid understanding of the business of the model, how we make money, all of that. So I guess, you know, for me, I actually was thinking about after my second child, I thought, as many people do, what what do I want to do with my career longer term? And actually, over the last, you know, I guess year or so of my time in IR, the the whole ESG agenda had really um, grown, lots more scrutiny from shareholders. And I guess I saw that as an opportunity um, that I wanted to get into. And I was really lucky in that IHG is great at developing its people. And I was given the opportunity to to step into um, quite a different field, as, as you say. Although, actually, recently I've met some others who have who've taken a similar career path. And what I think what I think hopefully is making me successful in the role is that real deep understanding of the business and and credibility that I built through my time in IR, you know, the understanding of the business, how to get things done. What's what's driving sustainability today? Is it you and, and your CEO, Keith, and so forth? Is it you guys saying, okay, we need to be more sustainable because we need to be more sustainable, it's a moral imperative, or are you finding the investors are increasingly vocal? particularly institutional investors, perhaps, what's um, what's driving what? Do you know what? I think it's a combination of all those things. Mm-hmm. So when I came into the role, um, one of the first things we are sort of set about doing is thinking about that longer term strategic piece. So we, we've got some external responsible business goals. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to think longer term about what we do. But actually, we find that the drive towards sustainability from from our guests, from our from our um, own colleagues, both at hotel and corporate level, there is so much passion for these things, as well as shareholders and also corporate customers in particular. So you know we have a lot of our big corporate customers; they're having to now report on their carbon footprints, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot more scrutiny, I would say, from all all our stakeholders, including our owners. You know we've got a lot of owners who really want to be doing the right thing who see the benefits of sustainability for them and their hotels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tell me where does the waste come from so is it food is it plastics is it laundry you have almost a million rooms globally so there's a lot of volume of everything where are the main sources of waste what are the low-hanging fruits if you will in terms of where you might be able to tackle some of these things yeah, so specifically looking at waste, and we, we can we can get on to the, the other areas we look at from a sustainability perspective. The, the most visible area is obviously single-use plastics. And I think that's why we've, we came out with um, an announcement to ban plastic straws uh, a year ago. That's that sort of by the end of this year. And then in July of this year, we were the first company to say that we would be getting rid of the little miniature bath amenity products across all of our hotels. And that was really, that was interesting how we got to that really, because you can imagine, you know, the, a, a, a big company like IHG 
it can take us a long time to do things, especially when we're dealing with third party owners, as we said, in 100 countries, et cetera, et cetera. That was a conversation that I had had with our CEO and he'd had with other leaders in the company. You know, he's he's really passionate about sustainability. And he said, Catherine, what, what, what would it take for us just to do this? Let's see. We need to take a we need to to really take a stance on this because Mm -hmm. we're so big. If we do it, others will follow and let's see what change we can make in the industry. So, you know, we worked through it and we said, you know what, we can do this. We can do this quickly. And and the reaction we got, Alberto, has just been fantastic. You know, I think it surpassed any of our expectations. And not, you know, we're not just talking about getting good media coverage here, but we're talking about our colleagues just being so proud of of doing something like this and just the engagement that drives with people both at a corporate level at the hotels as well and just kind of really people who come and just just send me emails saying what more can we do unsolicited emails kind of with their suggestions of how they might be able to help um is, is, is really, really fantastic. So it's not without its challenges. So mm-hmm. obviously trying to do such a thing across all these brands and all these markets is, is a massive undertaking. And there's there's lots of um, lots of things to take into consideration in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the health, the health side of it, sanitation, the operational procedures, all that kind of thing. But you know what, it's it's the right thing to do. It's just the start with thinking about what more we can do. Um, when it comes to plastics, because, you know, there are too many plastics in the guest stay. And then you think, you know, that that's just one area of waste, as you said. So, yeah. you know, another another big area, obviously, for hotels is food waste. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think about especially some of these really big conference hotels who have big banquets, big buffets, actually helping those hotels to, to, to measure, monitor and track food waste is kind of the first challenge. Um, a big challenge at that, I imagine. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and and a big and a big area of cost, right? You know, actually, mm-hmm. w- waste is is an area we all get quite excited about here because actually, when you're talking about creating value for owners, this is somewhere where you can instantly make that connection. You know, cut waste, cut cost. So we've actually um, there, there's a company called Winnow who we're doing some some pilots with them in our hotels and they use some great AI technology okay. to help hotels monitor and, and, and track waste. So really helping them to develop menus and to develop how much food they need. Um, so they're, you know, they're in, in some of these big hotels, they're really, really starting to help. And, you know, they, they can result in 30% reduction in food waste in some instances. Another really great thing we're doing is with a company called Oz Harvest in Australia. Yeah. So they're a great organization um, and that they do food rescue from hotels. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, thinking at the other end, really, in terms of if, you know, the, the food race you can't reduce, then what do you do with it when you can't use it at, at the hotel level? Um, so they do pickups from our hotels and then take that food and, and give it to good causes. So basically, there's no shortage of areas that you can put your, your, your thinking cap on and, uh, and try to address. There is so much. And I think what it comes down to is actually coming up with solutions that are a win-win for everybody. So another great example for us is is something we're calling renovation donation in North America. So that's when our owners, when our franchisees are renovating a hotel. Obviously, they they strip out all the fixtures and fittings. Mm -hmm. So we've partnered with some NGOs to say, well, actually, 
can those be put to good use? Mm-hmm. So you, know, you think of all the beds and all the desks and all the televisions and our, and our owners love that because obviously it's saving them some money and having to dispose of items, but also they're going to a good cause. How are you, um, how are you establishing those partnerships with these NGOs globally? Again, it, um, since you operate in almost 100 countries, do you need to establish relationships with 100 different uh, <laughs> NGOs or is it a sort of, is there a global partner or? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult, right? At, at the moment, we are just tend to be working with individual partners in individual regions on certain things like waste. Mm-hmm. We have recently signed up, we're a member of um, the Circular Economy 100 from the Alan MacArthur Foundation, mm-hmm. so that obviously is global. We, we are doing more and more global partnerships in other areas. So we are partnering with Junior Achievement when it comes to sort of hospitality skills and, and we're doing some workshops with them in the future around coming up with sustainable solutions, working mm-hmm. with young people. So, you know, it's... Multifaceted. It, it is. And I think it can be really helpful to have global partnerships in some cases, but also, you know, we really recognize that we do need a tailored approach. I mean, I've been in the last month, um, I've been both in our Atlanta office and our our Shanghai office. Mm -hmm. And it just brings home, you really need a different approach because you have different business issues. You have just the way we operate is is so, so different. You need to have partners that that know individual markets very, very well. Is the mindset international and i don't mean your mindset but i mean the appreciation of the pressing need to be sustainable is that appreciated to the same extent here in the uk as it is in the us as it is in china as it is in vietnam or do you find culturally there are some challenges some obstacles that need to be addressed you know there are always going to be different levels of appreciation of the sustainability agenda. Mm-hmm. I would say at an IHG corporate level, everybody across all the offices is really on board and mm-hmm. understands the importance of this. As you get down into individual markets, you're always going to have individuals who are more and less engaged. So I think that's where it comes back to, you know, this is delivering uh, not just a sustainability benefit, but also business benefit as well. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just making sure that we are really able to communicate that in, you know, in, in, in all cases that I can think of, no matter what the agenda, be it on the sustainability agenda or the community impact agenda, what we do should be delivering really positive impact this is not just philanthropy it's about strategic benefit as well and what about the industry itself so do you find other hotel groups are are like-minded or or is there much by way of information sharing or best practice or specific industry trends Mm. what's what's it look like in that world it's good. We have um, the big players are members of the International Tourism Partnership, so mm-hmm. ITP, um, and they have sort of some 2030 goals that we're all very aligned to to working towards. Um, also, there are some, you know, big committees in the US that we're members of. Um, there's the AHLA. Um, but you know what? There's always more that we can do. And I think mm-hmm. we're we're starting to talk more as an industry about how we can make some of these changes. I think you know some of these points. It's it's not about gaining competitive advantage in most instances. It's about actually some of these changes we need to make are so massive. Mm. What can we do to work together to 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 make those changes? 
and tell me about doing away with single-use toiletries. So if I go into an intercontinental hotel today, I will no longer get my little individual shampoo thingy. Is that correct? Or not just you? Not, not necessarily today for the intercontinental brand. We have some brands that have made the switch already. Okay. So it's happening and it's a, a process. It's happening, absolutely. So kind of during 2021, uh-huh. um, we will have made the switch. You, you, you will f- definitely find some intercontinentals around the world today have already made the switch. But right. if you go into our Avid brand or Holiday Inn Express, Mm-hmm. Voco, which is our new, very sustainable brand, um, you're, you're going to find um, bulk amenities already. And obviously, obviously, Six Senses, which is the, the newest addition to our brand, which really has sustainability at the heart, that, that brand has always had bulk amenities. Right. And what does that mean in practice in terms of, I'm just thinking, so one day you're dealing with a supplier who's giving you millions and millions of bottles of plastic. The next day you're not. Um, one day you have an instance where you have a little tray with these little bottles in every room. Mm-hmm. The next minute you have some sort of, I don't know, something stuck on the wall that's going you press on it and you get your shampoo, I guess. Um, what does it mean in practice? I mean, that must be a monumental task moving from single, <laughs> uh, single use toiletries. Yeah, it All is. Right. And you know what? It's been fascinating going through the process of thinking, how do we actually make this work? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because as I said, we're talking multiple brands, multiple markets, a huge number of suppliers. It's a monumental effort across many, many stakeholders globally. So you think about, you know, our owners, the actual operators of the hotels, our, our procurement team. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the brand team's guest experience. So, you know, we are talking about, you know, you have to find the right actual bulk product and brand in an individual market. So do the existing suppliers actually have a bulk solution today? Then you think about, well, actually, you know, in we are going to want to actually fix that um, in place because from a health and sort of sanitation perspective, and then right through to, you know, what, what are the procedures for, for, for refilling those bottles right. to make sure that they're clean to the right standard? How many times do you refill them before you then replace them? That's an upfront cost for the owners in terms of actually those fixtures and fittings. Right. And then just things like even the housekeeping cart that, that the housekeepers are, are pushing along the hotel they're going to have to be changed because you're going to have bigger bottles, not all the small ones. It's a big project, but everybody's really on board and it's, you know, everybody's really excited by it. Hopefully you thought of all the angles and you're not going to have some, some poor trolley someplace carrying massive Luckily, bottles. Luckily, a lot of hotels have done it already, so we've got lots of learnings. But yes, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be um, bumps along the road as, as, as we get through to 2021. But um, mm. yeah. It's, it's, are your suppliers moving with you? I think you, you, you touched on suppliers before. Are they moving with you and saying, yes, okay, we can provide you this more sustainable option? Or are you finding that actually this transition internally for you means that new suppliers are coming yeah. to the fore yeah. and, uh, and new ideas are being embraced from, from partners, new supplier partners that maybe you've never Absolutely. interacted with Absolutely. You know, before. I think many of our suppliers are at, are completely on board with, with the journey that, that we're making and want to provide mm-hmm. the solutions. I think what's been really interesting when we made that announcement was just the number of emails I would get personally that would get flicked onto me from our, our CEO with people with these great new ideas for a sustainable solution, not just for bulk, 
um, but for many, many other things as well. So there's so much innovation out there and so much potential. Um, for us, though, you know, it's as I think about it, it's how how can we do these things uh, at, at scale? You know, it's 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 we're mm-hmm. so big, and it's really fantastic being able to source some of these these great products um, and these great ideas. But actually, when you know, thinking practically about this, how do we do more and more um, across the whole group? Is there a particular technology that you're keeping your eye on that you think, wow, this could, if they pull it off, really revolutionize things? Is there a particular item or amenity or something that you think, I wish we had this. We, we, we don't, but if somebody <laughs> invented it, it would really be great. Do, do you know what, what's really on my mind at the moment? Um, mm-hmm. uh, a, a few weeks ago, we made a, a public commitment to set a science-based target for carbon reduction. So in line with, with, with the Paris climate agreement. Okay. So what I'm really thinking is how, how do we get there? Because it's, this is really big for us. And it's really interesting with my IR hat on, what made us, what makes us a fantastic company from an investment perspective? So asset light, significant growth, all those wonderful things makes it really tough from a sustainability perspective, because we don't control the hotels in many instances, or we don't, you know, it's not just a question of we can just throw money at the problem because we can't, because it's not, they're not our assets. And the growth as well. So, you know, we are we are growing really quickly. So our carbon footprint is really, really growing. So actually, as I think about how, you know, what's going to make the difference to us is how we bring on those new hotels in the future at very, very stroke net zero carbon. So for me, that that is the game changer mm-hmm. for the industry. So, you know, you have lots of third-party certifications for hotels. You have a lot going on sort of generally in the green building space, but actually how you make that work with the guest side as well en masse for hotels, especially when you think about, you know, what we call mainstream hotels. So your Holiday Inn Expresses, your Avids of the world, which are really quite small hotels and have a, a very tight when it comes to a cost perspective already. How do you redesign those brands to mean that their environmental impact is next to nothing. That is the big challenge for the industry. Fascinating. And I imagine the, the actual buildings themselves, right, are um, how they're designed. And I'm just thinking in the US, for instance, there's an addiction oh, yes. to air conditioning, <laughs> right? I mean, if the room is not at sort of 65 degrees Fahrenheit or below, it's, yeah. it's and the type of air conditioning you wouldn't believe alberto in the in the last year my knowledge of types of air conditioning has, has you know you would you know even even the types of air conditioning units that are popular in the us you know j- just the, the the difference you can make by switching that out to, to a different kind so there are solutions out there and just smart solutions in terms of how do you link you know climate control to your property management system at a hotel so you know in in many cases you do need to have your air conditioning on because you need to maintain a certain climate in the hotel room or else you're gonna you know the walls are going to go moldy for example but how do you do that in a smarter way and there are definitely there are technologies out there that can do that but then how do you actually pull this in to the build cost? Because, you know, if you're if you're talking about, you know, how us and, and, our, and our competitors grow, it's around, you know, minimizing the cost to build for, for our franchisees. 
but often these technologies cost more. So it's how do you actually re-engineer all of this to not just provide a lower operational cost, but actually a lower upfront cost as well. Is there much by way of, um, I, I don't know the terminology, but I know some buildings sort of maintain themselves naturally cool, uh, depending on how they're designed. Um. Yeah, I mean, we, we have got some great examples out there. Um, and I think, you know, that's what, uh, and, and, and coming into this role, I'm, you know, and having, you know, 5,800 hotels, we, we have got some, some, some great hotels, um, in particular in Europe and Australia, that are really, really great examples. So for me, you know, there's a lot around, you know, even internally, how do we share best practices? Um, and share that knowledge, how to, you know, how, how to develop some of these real sustainable solutions. How does the management decide on sustainability? Do you sit around, is it the senior management team who are, who are thinking about this? Or is there a specific uh, division that looks at this? Gosh, it's been, it's been great, actually. So in, in the year that I've been in role, um, I think I've presented to our group executive committee four times. Um, so this is really high on their agenda. We also have a board subcommittee called the Corporate Responsibility Committee who meet um, three times a year. So it, this is who uh, our CEO and chairman both attend that as well. So it's it's really discussed at a very, very high level. And what we also did um, this year, early this year, was we, we established a, a, a responsible business governance committee, which actually brings together mm-hmm. the lead. So if I think about what being a responsible business is, it's, it's not just my area um, of uh, environmental sustainability and community impact. You know, this brings in diversity and inclusion. It brings in responsible procurement, um, human rights, and then all the governance areas, cybersecurity. So recognizing that we now have this governance committee that meets on a quarterly basis. So with the executive committee representation and also really, really importantly, people leading operations for each region. Because I think what's really, really important is that you cannot do this job uh, in isolation. This, this cannot be a, whilst I have a corporate responsibility team, I have people sitting in the regions working really closely day to day um, because that's the only way you're going to get these things done is if they actually work on an operational level. It sounds like you have your hands extremely full, but also very exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's been an, it's, it's, I can't believe that the past <laughs> year has gone by so quickly, but I think just the mm. momentum behind some of the things that we're doing um, has just got everybody very, very excited. And just the, the opportunities there are, not just for IHG, but for the whole industry and, and, and the, the wider tourism industry as well in terms of reducing environmental impact. And just there is a recognition of, of the need to do so as well. Yeah. What does success look like to you in the next 10 years as we come up to uh, 2030? Ah, well, that's what we're working on at the moment. <laughs> um, it's very much about thinking about, well, what does it mean to be a responsible business. So it's mm-hmm. looking at a science-based target for carbon reduction. It's looking about, you know, what are those big areas of waste that we really want to make a difference on? And some more of those, you know, and really I think for me on waste, it's starting to incorporate more of those circular solutions. Many other industries I think are further ahead than us on this. An area like linens, 
Um, we talk to our operators in terms of how many times, you know, I think a sheet can be washed something like 150 times. And you have to, for every room, you have to have four sets of sheets because you're going to have one on the bed, one in the cupboard, one on the way to the laundry and one on the way back or something like that. So, you know, you think about how many sheets is this industry using and what, how intensive is it to actually make cotton in the first place? Um, mm-hmm. and there's some tracking technology as well, right? I understand for some sheets and so forth, yeah. you can tag them with some, you can find out exactly how yeah. many times they've been washed even. I so, think. you know, there is a lot, there's a lot that can be done. And then as we think about water as well, you know, you, you think about the areas of, you know, long-term water risk. When you, we, we've done a big exercise sort of mapping water, water risk to 2030 and, and what that means in terms mm-hmm. of the actions hotels should be making, thinking more about, you know, what, what is the, you know, water is such a local, a local issue. Looking at the context, looking more at water stewardship. So how we can work um, within mm-hmm. our communities to really um, m- make a difference when it comes to water. So I think it's bringing all these things together. It's really it's leveraging that community piece and it's telling a really good story and capturing the hearts of minds of stakeholders. So it's not just mm-hmm. making your guests feel guilty if they don't, um, if, if they chuck their towel into the bathtub rather than hanging it up. So saying, I want my towel washed every night or, or you know, because you feel a bit guilty about that. But it's actually just let's tell that story about why it's better for the community if you don't have your towels washed. It's not us trying to save a few bucks. It's actually the right thing to do. So I think really being able to engage with our guests, with our owners and, and really driving a real change across the wider industry, I think would be success for me. Yeah. And I think if you tell the story effectively and provide a, a good narrative, then you're at a prime position to be able to drive behavioral change with millions of customers, right? Yeah. And, it, and absolutely. And I think that's what really excites me about this job is our ability to make a difference. As you say, given the number of customers we have, the number of colleagues we have, you know, we've got 400,000 colleagues working in our hotels. And you think about, you know, our owners as well tend to have no more than a, than a handful of hotels each. So you think about just the level of influence that we can have. And then when you think about the wider industry and, and, and how many people um, we, we touch as an industry, I think there's just such potential for change. That's wonderful. If our audience forgot everything we've been speaking about for the last half hour, but walked away with one key takeaway, what would that be? What is it that you'd love the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to the podcast today? Oh, good question. So I think for me, it's all about collaboration. The scale of the challenge for the industry when it comes to environmental sustainability is huge. And it's about collaboration, not just within our own organization. So, you know, for us to make things happen, as I said, it takes a huge amount of work about, about conversations and as you said, huge behavioral change as well, um, but also collaboration within and across industries. So this isn't about competitive advantage. It's about finding those solutions that are really going to make the difference. Wow. Wonderful. Well, Catherine, look, it's been enlightening speaking with you today. Next time I show up at an intercontinental hotel, I'm going to take a look very closely at the room and I'm sure everything's moving in the right direction. And I thank you for your time and your candor and shedding so much light about the industry as well. Really fascinating. Wonderful. It's been great talking to you, Alberto. Ah, thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Do One Better podcast. If you want to find out more about our show, about our guests, additional links and resources, visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I And don't forget, success at the Do One Better podcast is about inspiring you to be more philanthropic, to think more about sustainability, and to embrace social entrepreneurship. Hopefully, these stories will encourage you to take action and change the world around you for the better. Thank you.